Welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner. This is the Out of Class Edition with Ben, Janesh, and Matt. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lifelong Learner. Welcome, Benny. How are you doing? Mate, good. We've both got the relaxing on the couch, couch kind of vibe going on. Yeah, definitely. I'm relaxing on a chair here in a hotel uh, bar, and uh, you're chilling out on the couch too, mate. Yeah, mate. And uh, only yesterday, mate, I shaved, um, I had the beard going too. I shaved it off yesterday. Yeah. Did you go full on? Did you go to full? I didn't shave. With a big growth. I haven't shaved, uh, didn't shave all through the US trip and didn't shave in Bali. What a bummer. Yeah. I didn't get to see it. Yeah. There'll be a photo somewhere of it, but it's like I kind of needed it up a bit for a couple of weddings and stuff. But, um, yeah. So I was like, oh, was, you know where you get to that stage where it's it's a, it's itchy and you're like, oh, if I go past that, it'll be good. Uh, mm. I was at that stage. I was like, nah, nah, it's, it's coming off. Mm. I think you'd grow a pretty good beard. Mine is. Mine is now five weeks. Yeah, five weeks since I've shaved, mm-hmm. and like it's far from epic. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not a Middle Eastern beard, <clears throat> which is you know that beautiful black. Yeah, thick, you know where they you don't shave for three days and they've got a beard like I've got now. Um, it's so and it's got hairs that go everywhere like this. Mate, you gonna you gonna keep you gonna keep the beard, or is it just the travel beard? What do you? What's the? I don't well, know. The, it is the tra- it is the travel beard. It is the travel beard, and I'm feeling. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling in, into it, and <laughs> and and the travel. There's been a change in the travel plan. Yeah. So where are you now? So we are four and a half weeks in. Yep. And we are in Darwin. Or a mm. suburb out of Darwin called Palmerston. Yeah, because uh, Darwin was chockers. Like accommodation was ridiculously expensive in Darwin because the Air Force's Operation Black Dog, Black Panther, Black something a- angry, some sort of black thing, Black Hawk, Black Knight. Yeah, uh, operation which is like a two-week operation, something like fifteen countries. Wow. 4,000 planes, you know, whatever, some, something ridiculous. And so all day you're just hearing fighter jets and bombers go over. Wow. And I think all of Darwin is... And uh, uh, so we're here. We're here for a week. Yep. And then, right, and then we've decided to leave the camper trailer and the beast, the landy, and jump on a plane. Right. What about... Bali and then to Thailand. Right. So good. Mm. So mm. good. It will be good. It will be good. It's been a great trip. We've yep. done a lot over the uh, four and a bit weeks. And um, but what I was what I was finding was it was just back to back. You know, there's a, mm. there's, when you do a trip like this, there's serious FOMO going on all the time. You know those brown signs when you drive along the road? It's like got a little arrow and it says 300 metres World War II plane wreckage. 500 metres. Amazing Niagara Falls, you know, like, and you just like you just can't do it all. Yeah, true. And so you're just trying to fit everything in. And I've had zero, even though we're driving on my car and there's long trips. You don't want to. I, I didn't want to crowd that with thinking about work and other stuff. Yep. And so we, you're just kind of trying to think about nothing and take in the scenery, which means I've had no time to to do some big picture thinking, do some critical thinking. You know, I bought my favourite journals. Um, with me when I come away, I have a stack of these, yeah. um, which I you know haven't done any of that. So I said to Michelle, I feel like I'm going to go back exhausted mm. if we continue this trip down the West Coast. Um, why don't we pull the pin at Darwin and go on to a you know a resort holiday and just yeah. sit by the pool and journal and do mm. stuff like you've just done? Mm. And uh, so, mate, so that's the plan. Um, that's the plan. So the car, there's been a t- slight glitch, but the car and the camper trailer are going to go on a truck and be trucked back to Melbourne. And was that mate, easy? Was that easy to organise? I don't imagine that'd be easy. Mate, there is uh, just a little shout out to sort of my friends at Move My Wheels. Incredible website, amazing service on the phone. They will take my camper trailer 
and my car, put it on a truck. Um, if they can pick it up if I want, but I can drop it off at the Darwin Depot, which is no big deal. And they'll truck it back to Mount Eliza and park it, drop it off right outside my house, including all our stuff left in the car, $2,200. It's pretty good. We couldn't drive back for that. We can't, like the fuel was, is, is, the fuel was too grand for us to drive back, right? The only thing that they said in the fine print, as I'm, got a book and now I've only got two days to find ultimate transport because we fly out on the weekend, is we won't ship a car if it's got a cracked windscreen. Does it have a cracked windscreen? It's got a cracked windscreen. Oh. Which we got, which we got on the holiday. A stone flew up a couple of weeks ago. That you can understand it's because it's, they're thinking when they take it, if they hit another bump, it's going to make the crack bigger, and they don't want to be liable for the big, the great damage. I, I said to them, I said to them, don't worry about it. Just forget the windscreen. Let's just let's put something in there that the windscreen is excluded. Yeah. He said, send me some pictures. I'll get the guys to have a look. She came back and said, no. So now. We've got, we've got no way to get the car back. So you gonna change the windscreen? Change the windscreen. Uh, yeah, not a Toyota. <laughs> no, no, no. Not an Isuzu. No, it's a Land Rover. Right. right. You know how many Land You know how many Land Rover windscreens are in Darwin? <laughs> <laughs> it all seemed like a good idea yeah. when you were in uh, Mount Eliza having your Land Rover. But now, it's like... No. <laughs> no. No one wants to know. And so, yes, just like the alternator, uh, oh, they can put the alternator at the windscreen and get it shipped up. It'll be here next Tuesday, three days after we fly out. Um, so, anyway, we're... You've got you a two-day push. It's all doable, right? It's all it is. doable. It's just, you know, it, it, it was all so beautiful and simple with Move My Wheels. It was, like, it was a dream come true. Mm. So what we're probably going to do, mate, is we're going to get windscreens over on to fix it. Yeah. On Tuesday next week. And we'll pay, pay, anyway. pay him a couple hundred bucks to drop it off at the and depot. And somehow we'll get it dropped off and yeah. we'll work it all out. So, um, but anyway, don't try and ship your car with a correct windscreen. So we did put also with the car last night on a, on a website called Truck It, where you can put anything just on, mm. and people will bid to ship it from wherever you want to ship yep. it to to wherever you want it to come from. So mate, the bids have been coming in at five thousand dollars, not two thousand um, dollars. Yeah. So anyway, so that's it, mate. Uh, we'll be we'll be off, but it's been a great holiday. How was your Bali? My Bali was amazing. It was uh, we're there for six nights, seven days. Uh, just a Wednesday through Tuesday. And it was actually a good, pretty good amount of time, actually. Uh, mm. We probably went for a good friend's wedding. And, um, yeah, friends were coming from all over the world, from Australia, from England, from Germany, uh, from Dubai, uh, which, which was amazing. Wow. So the groom, groom and now, oh, well, the husband and wife now live in Dubai, but he's originally from Melbourne. But they met in England, so she's English, and her family was all from England. Um, so yeah, which is cool, oh, mate. Epic. It was, um, yeah, it was. I think the the US trip was good. It was uh, good. It was a lot of family, and this was that we had a little bit of downtime. Um, it was just Kate and I, which was nice. Um, and just some exploring, some bits and pieces of exploring. Um, enough to go. Oh, I'll, I'll be back. Like, not the, oh, I'm done with Indonesia for a little bit. I want to go to another country. It's like, oh, you know what? I want to spend more time in this part a little bit. I want to spend more time in mm. this part. And I think the next time, like, not, we definitely, we stayed at a nice resort. It was great. But I would like next time to go stay, like, uh, in town a bit and go, you know what, let's eat. And we ate, like, local as well, but eat more local type of thing. Um, but no, it was great. It was so good, mate. We went to this uh, beach uh, that Keisha found in in Uluwatu, uh, and it's called Sulban Beach, right? And it's called Sulban Beach, but it's like you know how the Americans call Kleenex, like a, a tissue, a Kleenex, right? So this this beach is also known as um, a single fin beach because the the a venue right on the beach is called Single Fin, and then it's also known as like Blue Point Beach, which was another old venue that used to be there. Um, 
and it's on this like cliff top. We at at Singlefin, you can just watch these surfers. Like these surfers are just epic. But you can walk down these sketchy stairs, and you go down through this like cliff opening, and there's this like um, that's where the surfers go out. But then you go through this tiny little hole, and there's like this secluded beach. What I mean secluded, there's still about maybe twenty people there, but this amazing crystal water beach. Um, which was awesome. We hung there for a little bit and then uh, came up and had some um, lunch and a drink at Singlefin. And Singlefin's epic. Like, just overlooks the, the water so you can watch the surface while you're enjoying your lunch. But they also got a pool there too. They got some chill music. So in between, like, you don't have to go all the way down to the beach. You can just jump in the pool. Um, so, like, stuff like that was cool. Um, and then the wedding weekend was epic. They did a, they did a games day the day before the wedding which was uh, awesome. Like one of the activities was building a bike. So you had to build a functioning bike, but to get each part, you had to do a different challenge. And um, and then the wedding day was epic too. Like traditional wedding in the morning and then like a, a westernised ceremony in the afternoon, uh, in the evening, uh, a westernised reception, I should say. Uh, but yeah, great. Really good time. Really, really good time. You know, you go to places like Bali, and there's really cool, epic things on cliffs and bars and pools. And well, I could be so wrong, right? Why can't we do that in Australia? I don't know. And none of their pools have fences. Get... None of their pools have fences. Why, why just can't we get that right in Australia? Um, I think maybe there's more destruction. Maybe we don't see the damage to the environment from what they do. I just you go to those countries and the the pools, the bars, they are epic. Mm. Like now, I know they've got a great climate all year round. I know it's a true destination, but you just wonder why can't we why can't we create that mm. in Australia? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, Bali is Bali is just one great you know location after the next. You know, we often go over to Nusadua, which is kind of a compounded area, mm. um, a bit like Mount Lava. Um, uh, it's a compounded area. Um, and I don't know, like there's probably, there's a lot more now, but there's, you know, probably eight to ten really key big hotels mm. across there where the parks and the gardens are just amazing. And oh. you just walk from one hotel to the next and the pools are just Just stunning. immaculate. Yeah. And I just wonder why can't we do that in Australia? Mm. Maybe because labor's more expensive. Um, I don't know, but uh, it is it is just stunning in Bali. We're looking forward to going, mate, and you're inspiring me. One of the things that we are really looking forward to mm-hmm. is the routine that you get often when you go on these holidays. You know, I get up early, I go for my run. Um, I was saying to Ryan this morning, like, I pack my satchel bag with my laptop and my, you know, even my toothpaste and toothbrush and, uh, and a spare pair of shorts and undies and, I drop that at the at the restaurant early in the morning, like at six before they open, and I leave it there. Then I head off for my run, come back, have a swim, which is my kind of shower. I tell the people I shower in the pool, um, but literally have a swim in the pool, and then um, go off the loo, clean my teeth, change into my shorts, and then by that time breakfast is open. Yeah. And I sit at breakfast from like seven seven thirty, and just have this lazy kind of long, not big breaky, but just. Just draw it out. By that time, sort of Michelle gets up and she wanders down. And, you know, we hang out there till maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And, it, and it's just, we just do that routine every single morning. Mm. And there's something kind of magic just about doing the same thing every single day and, and getting that certainty and that ritual back into your life, mm-hmm. um, which for many people that, um, work the same job and start at the same time and turn up at the same office and do the same work. They get that every day. But in the entrepreneurial space and in the space that you're in, in, in managing you know, an adventure park that's full of all sorts of challenges every single day, we don't get a lot of ritual in our days. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a real power in that. Yeah, there is. Why do you think, um, I personally find, say, ritual is easier um, easier when the sun's up earlier, right? So in the summer months, uh, in Bali it was easy. Like it was, we did similar, right? It was breakfast. Uh, and Casey's not usually a morning 
like morning, morning, early riser. But uh, she's like, oh, I want to make the most of the day. So she's like, are you going to run in the morning? And we would go for walks before brekkie, right? Like along the beach or wherever. And, um, and it was great. But it's, I find it's easier. Like in like Melbourne summer, it's easier. When the sun's up at like five o'clock, it's like easier. Right, and in Bali, when it's it's like already twenty six degrees at like six thirty in the morning, it's easier to do the ritual, right? Um, why do you think that is, as opposed to continuing that potentially in the uh, in the winter or the darker months? Like at the moment, we're still in. Well, it's definitely wet in um, in Melbourne, but what? Why do you think it's easier? I don't. I, I don't know. Like, when I can speak for everyone, but I definitely. I'm just. I hundred percent convinced. And maybe as I've got a bit older, it's got worse. But I suffer with sad seasonal affective disorder. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, just winters are just. Oh, I, I don't really like them. Now I run every every morning. You know, three or four mornings a week, right throughout winter as well. Um. I don't know. I don't know whether I find it any different in summer or winter to have a ritual. Mm. I still pretty much have a ritual right throughout winter because I am an early morning person. But I think it's, for me, the difference when I'm away on holidays is there's nothing else to do. And that's one of the things mm. we like. You know, my brother, for example, says, oh, I couldn't stay at a resort and sit by the pool every day. That's why we go to the resort, to stay there and just sit by the pool. Yeah. And do nothing. Yeah. Like we literally just want to do nothing because our weeks are just so full of yeah, variety. Yeah. Um, they just it's a variety every day. Mm. For us to have two weeks of no variety, of no adventure, of no going out, of doing nothing, yeah. it's just bliss. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for us, probably it's towards the end of the day, we might, the variety would be which restaurant are we going to go to mm. tonight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but and mate, the smell of barley, you know, like I just, I can smell it now. You know, when you get up and it's a little bit humid and there's a real warmth and as you get up, there's the, there's the rooster crowing somewhere. Yeah. And you get up and there's a bit of smoke in the air. Mm-hmm. There's something mm-hmm. burning. There's always something burning in yeah. barley. Yeah. And um, uh, I, yeah, I love that. Love that first smell in the morning. Yeah. Um, and you go to the markets early, you know, and there's just, People are alive. You know, they're, mm. they're not up super early, but as soon as the sun sort of starts to come up, yeah. uh, people start to you know come out, and yeah. you know they're just alive first thing in the morning. And I think what what you do see in those hot countries too is people are alive early and they are alive at the end of the day. And in the middle of the day, everyone sort of mm. disappears because they have so a bit hot. of a siesta, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I found um, on one of the mornings, so we were staying in Nusadua too. I went for a run. I probably not not early. Uh, probably seven or so, uh, and Chops was like, and we went. I might. I ventured outside the compound, right? Uh, and 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 it was nice because the the shopkeepers at that time in the morning, like, aren't trying to sell you as you're running in the morning. They're like, um, like oh morning or whatever or hi or whatever. They're not like come in, come in and buy this hat, right? So when you're going past that early in the morning, and this. Oh, like we're at this top of this hill, and it was I was uh, definitely not not fit, humid, and the uh, holiday alcohol was taking its toll for sure. Um, we got to the top of this hill, and I was I was I was cooked, right? So I was like, oh, I'll walk a little bit. This lovely old lady goes to me, "You want coconut?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's fine." Because I'm like, in my head was like, I would love a fresh coconut right now, but I'm like. No, nah, don't need it. I don't. All I've got is my running watch on. That I've got no and and my room key. Right? I go no, no, that's fine. And she goes no, no, no. You no pay. You look thirsty. And this lovely old lady just cuts this fresh coconut open. Goes here, you and those like I'm like no, no, it's okay. And she goes no, 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 no. You look thirsty. And go and just sits there. Wow. Right? Um, trying to talk English, like probably doesn't understand what I'm saying back to her. Uh, and just like just a just lovely experience of just like this kind old lady uh, on mm. some street stall just cuts a fresh coconut up and uh, gives me a straw. Real good. Um, which was just cool. I was like, no, no, I just 
I thought she was trying to sell. She goes, no, no, no. Just genuinely wanted to be nice, um, which was cool. Uh, that's great, mate. That's really good. Hey, that's a rookie mistake. So here's a here's an upgrade. Here's a tip for you, listeners. When you're running, make sure you carry some cash. That's been my yeah. learning experience when you when I'm in overseas countries because I don't. No one has tap, and I often run and run one direction in Bali. Mm, I can tell you that. Get to the get to some location, buy a bottle <clears> of water. <throat> And then get a Gojek to take me back yeah. home again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can run five or ten k's just in one direction. Yeah, go really go exploring, and then and then uh, get a Gojek to, to pack, take yeah. you home for two or three bucks. Yeah. Um, so always carry some cash. Cash. Local currency. Yeah. Um, or we'll fi- find a um, find an old lady, a lovely old lady. <laughs> the old lady that's got a coconut. Yeah. I'm going to look out. I'm going to look out for her. There you go. There are some great spots as you as you come out of the compound. There, the challenge with Bali too is often their roads, their back roads and back streets that I end up running across, um, don't turn out to be back streets. They actually turn out to be the entrance into people's houses. <laughs> I don't even run those. And you're running and you're running and then you, the road gets narrow up, but it's actually not the road. It's actually the entrance into someone's kind of house. And before you know it, there's people washing and you're running. Through closed lines and yeah. chickens, and uh, and you realise that you're actually running through people's houses. Yeah, and you have a quick look at the map and go, okay, where 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 am I? How do I get yeah. back? Um, yeah, mate, I'm super looking forward to it. Really oh, looking forward to so it. Good. What and else then, has been going on in your world, um, mate? Uh, something that probably came alive in the last week, uh, which is fascinating, um, and I'm trying to. I got to think about how I say this because I can't put anyone into it. Um, people in their roles, for what I think, these are the wrong reason, right? Like you think, um, yeah, for the wrong reason. I think. What's an example? So, oh, you've been a health practitioner. So, like a health practitioner, um, not really giving a shit about the patient. Like not really mm-hmm. going the best interest of the patient, a um, and then the other example is a an educator not really caring about the student. Go, okay, it's like uh, I want to look good and be good. Like there's a difference because I want to look good, but you know, you know what, your intent is not really. Is this the ex- is the experience about you, or is the experience about your patient, or is the experience about you, or is the experience about the student? And it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting and fascinating. I think I've come across a couple, a few people in the last week where that hasn't been the case. And I'm like, fuck, you're in the wrong job. Like, and when they're challenged, I think they've, they've I've come across it when we've challenged them and they don't take to it well. Uh, no. No, they, they definitely don't. And when they get called out on it, when they say, oh, it's about the students, I'm like, great. And I call them out on it. I go, mm, you sure? They don't, they don't like it. When I'm like, well, if it was, we would go this way. Um, but you're not wanting to go this way. And they're like, they just don't like it. And then, or if it's best interest for the patients, it would be like one, two, why instead of just going, hey, operate, 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 why wouldn't you say, hey, let's look at this. This person's in their 70s and why don't you get them some OT first and see, right? Like as opposed to put them under next week. And they're like, mm. oh, no, no, no. You And I get the, you don't understand. Mm. Mm. Why, why, why do you think that happens? Are these new people into the profession that... Or are they experienced people that have been around for a long time and, again, as you say, been around a long time doing it for the wrong reason? Fascinating. So the the health professional in the last week was uh, definitely been around for a long time, a very old-school mentality um, and didn't want to look at things in a new way. Um, and then – and this one's like uh, – and that's like an experience that I've had with not a health professional to me but like a uh, to my dad, right? So – I'm like, what? what? What is going on here? And then the other one is fascinating of like a an educator who's definitely older, uh, but then there was a young educator there too. But to be honest, seemed like they just jumped on the bandwagon and they wanted a bit of bit of significance or something there. But 
I don't know. I don't know if they're just... And also maybe they're tired and blah, blah, blah. And assume, I'm trying to assume best intentions here, right? Like tired over the last couple of years and it's like, oh, hey, look, they keep giving, giving, giving and it's a selfless profession, blah, 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 blah. But it's it's uh, it definitely uh, definitely irked me. Uh, irked me enough to challenge him. And I said, oh, respectfully. And it, when you say respectfully, it's like a way of like having a disclaimer, right, I think. Hey, respectfully, I don't think like, you're Don't right. punch me. Don't punch me. Yeah, <laughs> respectfully. And yeah, I, I started with going, I, I led with respectfully. I may be out of line here, but I feel like I need to say this. And uh, they didn't react well. Uh, like, just, I'm like, how old are you? Um, but what do you think? Why do you think people potentially are in professions for the wrong reason or the wrong intention? Or is it just glimmers? Is it glimmers of um, them in the wrong intention? Um, yeah, you'd have to wonder whether they started out moving into the profession with the wrong intent mm. to get status or to get money or to get whatever it might be. Mind you, heaps of people do jobs purely for the money. Yeah, of course. No, there's no other altruistic kind of reason behind doing the job. Um, I, yeah, I'm not saying... I can't, I can't imagine the guy that's out on the road filling the potholes. I'm, I'm not sure he just wants people to be safe driving on the road. Yeah, true. I, like I'm, I think he's doing it because it's a job that probably these days pays really well. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, has good benefits. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I think I think I think what you said earlier is maybe that they're tired. That exchange is no longer happening, mm. but the time and the money and the energy that they might put into the thing and the sanity, they're not getting more of one of those or many of them back. That mm. they're finishing the day with less energy than when they're starting. And for me, that's always a sign that something's amiss. Mm. If I'm ever doing a project, and I feel like at the end of the day I've got less energy than when I started, then I'll go. Mm. Hang on, there's something. I'm out, I'm out of flow state here. Mm. Uh, I'm out of my genius. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Yesterday I had a full day of coaching from eight thirty through to five thirty, mm-hmm. and I was talking all day. Uh, I was eating a, a chicken salad while I was coaching clients because I literally had gone back to back, and I just had to say, "Look, just, excuse me, I've just got to put a mouthful <laughs> of this chicken salad in my mouth." And um, and I finished the day with more energy than when I started. Yeah. So, um, and I, so I think maybe they're in that role where they're, they're not finishing the day with more energy than when they started. Mm. Um, they don't have that buffer to give when, when times get tough, when they have to think. You know, it's that willpower battery concept that, you know, there's a limit to our willpower and that the more decisions we make, the more we use our willpower battery. And if we keep making lots of decisions, then there's no battery left to make the important decisions, the ones that really matter and count. And so that's the idea, again, around rituals. The more rituals you have, the less decisions you have to make. Mm. Like getting out of bed at 6 a.m., if it's a ritual, there is no decision to be made. Mm-hmm. You just get out of bed, yeah. right? And, and so that's what we love about that. So I can get through to like 11 o'clock when I'm on holiday and I've still got a 100% willpower battery, which means I can then sit at 11 o'clock with my journal and... To, and, and make some decisions. Yeah. You know, have really big, big thinking. What we haven't been able to do on the holiday because from the time we wake up, it's like, Michelle, w- what are we going to do? Yeah. Make decision. We're going to go, let's get on the road. Now, where are we going to go? Make decision. Oh, there's a sign. Do we go there or not? Make decision. Like by 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, we're exhausted from willpower. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe these guys are, again, they're just, they're zapped. Their willpower battery is zapped. They're not able to make really good decisions anymore mm. and they're finishing the day with less energy than when they started. Mm. Um, which I know with, you know, for example, you guys and the leadership you bring to, to the guys at the summit uh, and, the, and the culture that you've created there is a, a culture where everybody does finish the day with more energy mm. than when they've started. Yeah. yeah. And so, and that's why you can get people to to work um, and, to, and to potentially, I'm not saying that you do this, but, but where you can get people to 
give more than what they're getting paid for mm. in dollar terms mm. because they get more of the other. They get more energy. Yeah, they've got this they other, get, other value, right? It's not a dollar value. They're getting this yeah. other energy. They're getting Correct. community. They're, they're buzzing. So you can ask and they will give, right? And they know, um, like just our team, yep. they know it, it, it comes around. Right, like if they're done, if they've done a long night or yep. whatever, like you know what, uh, it may not be this week, but next week, you know what, we're going to finish early, uh, or whatever. So, it, a prime example, the guys were we got some uh, international staff that came in uh, on Friday, which was great. Uh, after two years of not having international staff, um, and two of our key key leaders and managers, kind of, uh, I, I worked with them on the weekend, but there was no. Ask because I think the value they got and the buzz and the excitement they got. There's no ask of, do we do we get anything extra for this? Do we um, do do we get paid for the weekend? Do we? There was no ask for that, right? There was no didn't even cross their mind. And yes, yes, we'll get them in lieu. Like they've got days in lieu, but then like last night we're like, we're going to take you out to dinner, right? Like because it's like a hey, there's this whole like. They're getting this energy and they're like, you know what? You didn't even have to take us to dinner. I go, no, no, no. That's more reason why we want to kind of give and reward mm-hmm. um, because there is that, that that buzz. And yeah, they go, look, I'm I'm tired, but I am full. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that... Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So what I use is uh, you want to finish the day exhausted, like used up, right? But you... But- you know, but you've still got energy, even though you're exhausted. You're still mm. not like you. Versus, so many people go through their day tired. Yep, I'm tired. They wake up tired, and you know, and, and it's like eleven o'clock, and they're tired. Uh, I hate the word tired. Yeah. If you say you're tired to me, yeah, it is. It's like a red. It's like super red flag. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I hate that word tired. Um, Tied to me says unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Tied to me um, is being up. Yeah. Exhausted. And you're still. Um, that's what you create. And I think the other important thing out of that is as well is when you said each person do. So much, right? So that's why uh, people keep keep coming back. They can get uh, they can get high paying jobs elsewhere. They can do whatever, and I think it's the the other and the other is so hard to uh, so hard to quantify, right? You can't like when you're in it, or if you haven't ever experienced that in a workplace, it's so hard to to explain it right, to someone else, right? So some of our staff will they've got friends everywhere else, and they go. Oh, you can get more money here, and then they will jump ship, and they'll go, and they'll go. But it's no, it's it's soul destroying. Or well, I don't feel full at the end of the day. There's no community. There's no nothing. Mate, you've just got mute on me. I can't hear. Is your Bluetooth connection failed? Oh, yep, go. No. No, I got you now. Oh, there we go. Yep. Perfect. Maybe it was my headphones misbehaving. Um, Sorry, mate. Can you just repeat that last 13 seconds? 13 seconds. Uh, Yep. So I said, uh, so a lot of our our staff have um, obviously friends that work outside our organisation and they'll go and uh, they'll say, oh, look, come over here, you can earn more money, right? And some of them do. And some of them don't, and they do, and they go, "Yep, I'm earning more money, but I'm not full at the end of the day." Or it's, this is kind of soul destroying, or it's like all these other things that I can't actually um, quantify or describe for someone who hasn't felt it is so hard, 
right? Mm. The feeling of like community of people of all staying in their house together or people going, you know what, on the weekend, there's always something going on where they're like, oh, if you want to join, you don't want to join, right? There's like a hike on the weekend or whatever or that banter of like everyone is everyone is busting it um, and there's no one not busting it. So it feels good because they're working hard, not, not necessarily, definitely not for me. They're working hard for each other. Right, yeah. Um, which is which is not common, but it's also they can't. Um, it's hard to quantify that value. Could you do that if you were on a road team filling potholes versus you know transforming kids' lives, taking kids that have got low self esteem, yeah. low self confidence, and getting them to climb a ladder and jump off and catch a trapeze and be cheered by their friends and to have breakthroughs. Is that possible to do that with a task like filling potholes on the road? I would say potentially it would be definitely a lot harder to create that environment. Um, it would definitely be a lot harder to create that environment. It's not going to come as organically. Uh, but with the, with the banter and with like that connection – I think there would be, you you could be, right? Something as um, again, nothing against it, but it may be mundane for some people. But it doesn't doesn't have to be, right? Mm. Doesn't have to be. Uh, I think if they you got a a good crew, and if it's a small crew or whatever, and that like whoever's leading that, that's that the rules of engagement is there is banter and there's fun. It's not like a oh, I'm gonna fill potholes today, and here's my stop sign, here's my here's my go sign. Um, but if the the way it's looked at is a whole different way, and it's um, and it's the norm. So if you're new into that environment, like you you've got a form to that. It's not like oh yeah, this sucks. It's like no 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 no. We're 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 upbeat. We're lively. Everyone's here for yeah. We're here to work, but everyone's we're here for a good time. Leave your shit at the door. But I don't think that's the that's I don't think that's the norm. Uh, mm. Is it possible? Mm. I think so. Uh, but it will take a bit of work because it's not the norm. Yeah. You know, the apprentice comes on, he gets apprenticed into that, whatever that you know, maybe dysfunctional work culture, mm. make it up, right? But let's imagine it was. And then he becomes a worker within that dysfunctional culture. And then eventually he graduates and becomes team leader, foreman, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't know any different. So mm-hmm. the first apprentice comes on under his lead, gets apprenticed into that same culture. And, it continues and, you know, maybe that goes on for decades, for centuries. Um, mate, can I just change topic? Because yeah. I, just, I just heard something ridiculous the other day that just freaked me out. Imagine 2422, the year 2422. 2422, right? Okay, yep. No, 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 actually, I, let me change it. Let me change it. Imagine the year 4022. Yeah. 4,022. The year 4,022. That's a long way away, yeah? Yeah. That's as far away as the Roman Colosseum was to now. If we look back into the past, we've got Roman Colosseum, which uh, doesn't seem like that long ago. It doesn't seem that long ago. Like, yeah. The year 4,000 is the same distance into the future. Yeah, Makes me, when you made the, uh, the the comment of Roman Colosseum, you made me go, "Would the MCG be looking like the Roman Colosseum in uh, in two thousand years? Right? Yeah. Like, would it still be standing, or would it be completely leveled, or would it be some monolith like mega mega stadium? Mike, that's uh, it doesn't. And, yeah, and, and I saw I don't know what the stat was. I can't remember, but it was like. Something, I'm going to say a ridiculous number, mm-hmm. like 11,000 descendants you will have. 11,000? 11,000. Assuming everyone has, you know, two or three kids. Yeah. Some ridiculous number by the year, 4,000 you will have. Wow. Like, and it's not that far away. No, it's not. Right, that's uh, that's fascinating. You'd be you'd be interested to know, like, what what would it be, right? There's this bit of talk on 
things not uh, like things imploding and fuel kind of going super high and uh, like what? And it's already there. I paid yeah. two dollars eighty five in all the route for diesel. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but like, yeah, what? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's like kind mm. of mind boggling, fascinating. Like, what would it be like? What would I'd be curious? Not only like what would houses, what would like uh, um, vehicles, all that, but like what what would what would day to day life be like? Mm. Right, mm. and there's probably going to be a lot more, a lot more automation, a lot more robotics happening potentially. But like, what would human day to day life be? Mm. Do you know, and it's what's what's interesting, and and I, 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 I'm not going to say scary because I'm not actually scared about it. Um, but you and I won't be here to see it, mm. mm-hmm. and our kids won't be here to see it, Mm-mm. and their kids won't be here to nah. see it. Um, you know, you and I won't be around to see the end of the century, let alone nah. two more millenniums. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and it was interesting. Um, no, I'm not going to say that. Go, uh, go, 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 go. No, 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 no. I get in too much trouble anyway as it is. Go, it's um, out of class, go. You can't start uh, it and then not what, say it. What was interesting is, don't you know, Don't try and think off your rock. cuff and try and change the topic, mate. Say what you were going to say. I was going to say, uh, it's interesting walking around and seeing the rock that's 850 million years old. Mm. 850 million mm-hmm. years old. Before dinosaurs. Like all this, all, all this area up here, these incredible rock, rocks that you see, as we probably have in, just in Victoria anyway, mm. they're not spectacular to look at. Um, 850 million years old. Like, it's incredible. And you just can walk up and touch a piece of rock. It's before dinosaurs, mm. before before any living creatures, mm. before there was any life on Earth. So these rocks don't have any sign of life in them at all. Mm-hmm. Life. Incredible. Like, how old that is. Millions of years. And you and I were just talking about in 2,000 years' yes. time. Yeah. Well, not in 2,000 or 20,000 or 200,000. Mm. Not in two million. Imagine twenty million or yeah. two hundred million. Yeah, um, just incredible to think of the time scale and just how much of a tiny dot we are in mm. all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We said that though, who we are and how we behave and what we do today matters. Mm. Oh, definitely. Kind of, um, it definitely matters. I think it uh, it shapes. I think your. I'm always to say you're you're a product of your decisions, right? You're uh, whatever decisions you make, and or you don't make. If you don't make it, I think we talked about this one episode. If you're not making, you're still choosing not to make that decision, right? So indecision uh, still still matters. Still shapes your day. Still shapes the influence you have on people around you. Uh, even though you might be a tiny, not even a tiny speckle in the in the scheme of thousands, millions of years, um, it, uh, if you take it back to now and today, it does, it does still matter. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting times ahead. I'm going to tell you too, the other thought that came to mind is as we're driving through, Australia's a big country. There is a, is a lot of land, and I've got to say, I am super impressed, particularly somewhere like in the Northern Territory. There's got a, it's a lot of territory and not a lot of people. Mm. Road infrastructure that they've got out here, like in the middle of nowhere. Well-maintained. Hardly any cars drive. is incredible. I mean, yeah. the amount of money that our government spends on maintaining an infrastructure across such a big space, across such a big area, is amazing. Mm. Yes. Like, and 90% of the time in the Northern Territory, no signal, no mm. Telstra signal, no Optus signal, no signal. So, but when you get the size of it, 
there's always a signal when you get into a town. Mm. But when you're out on the open strips, no signal. But incredible roads. Yep. By the way, 130 k's an hour. It's pretty good. I can tell you, when you've been driving 130 k's an hour. When you come to an 80 zone, is uh, slow. But 100, 110 is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, and then you, you just realise, you know, how, well, for me anyway, and again, driving, you know, a car that is designed for 130 k's an hour, mm-hmm. just how easy 130 k's an hour is and it's like how safe 130 k's an hour is um, versus our nanny states that yeah. – yeah, Victoria is definitely a nanny state. And i got to say also in the Northern Territory, maybe because they've got those speed limits and they have the space, the roads are beautifully designed, that you can go around corners at 130 k's an hour and, you know, the, the, the corner is designed for that speed. Like just just incredible. So, um, but my second thought around that is, like we've done so well. Just imagine though a... Superpower, and there is only one superpower at the moment, which is China. Yeah, in the China Chinese with their money, uh, <gasps> their technology, and their workforce coming to the Northern Territory and transforming because yeah. they would transform it. Oh, 100%. If there's water up here, there's a stack of water up here, you can you can bore down and, mm. and hit waste and grab water. There's a stack of rain every summer that could be could be captured. Um, there's a heap of sunlight. There's open plains. There's fertile soil. Um, we just don't have the money and the resources or the people that are willing to work mm-hmm. um, to transform it. Yeah, but sure. I reckon the technology's here, and 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 so you think about like all the money and effort, energy we're putting into going to Mars. I imagine if they just put all that time, money, energy into transforming the Northern Territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why Australia is is on people's radar. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a bit of a, there's a lot of un, untapped, uh, un, untapped areas, right? Mm. Um, yeah, which is fascinating. Maybe in uh, 40, 40, by 4022. Yeah. I reckon it'll definitely look different. Yeah. Tell you what, though, they do it up here. Crocodiles. <laughs> crocodiles. Mate, I've never seen so many crocodile signs in all my life. And do you know, I was talking to Rhino about it this morning because we um we went off-road, Michelle and I, the other day, and which is a whole other story. Uh, if you're listening, Michelle, <clears throat> um, it's a whole other story. Anyway, so we get to this, this crossing, and it's not actually a river crossing. It's actually drive down the river. Oh wow! Like you drive into the river and drive down the river and then come out the other end. And someone I'd spoken to just earlier that morning, he said, "Oh, it's, you know, it's a good crossing. It's pretty deep though. It's like probably 600, 600 wow. mil deep." I'm thinking, Ooh, that's it's quite that's deep. probably there with the limits of a standard rainwater. And um, anyway, we get there, and I said to Michelle, "I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a little bit nervous." About yeah. It. Oh, you know, I don't want to sink the Land Rover. Yeah. So I get out and I wade through. Yep. You don't wade through water in the Northern Territory. Oh, with the Crocs. <laughs> I'm wading through and there's these big pebbles, like these big like these big pebbles. So it's so hard to walk on. Yeah. Like I'm like, like awkwardly, you know, Michelle filmed me. She was sitting in the car, filmed me. She didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. And I'm about three quarters of the way across and another car pulls up behind us on the four-wheel drive track and they get out and they're going, get out of the water, get out of the water. I'm going, what? Like, whatever, you know? And then I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to hobble and I went, oh, the crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> so I went just a little quicker and got out to the other side. Um, and then Michelle drove through, got some amazing footage, mate, driving through the water. Oh, you did drive through, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Um, but yeah, everywhere's crocodiles, right? If you're a local, you just get, oh, that beautiful water, can't swim. But as a tourist, you come up here, beautiful water, 
yeah, jump in. Let's have a swim. Yeah. But no one swims. If there is not a designated area, and there's not many, yeah. where they actually clear the crocs out, they regularly go in and yeah. just clear yeah. the crocs. You don't swim in the water. Yeah. Just too dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Mate, I'm aware of a uh, bit of time. Mate, what yeah, would be your what your takeaway is? Yeah, moral of the story. That's a good one. What, what, what's it for you? I would say, um, well, we covered a lot today. Um, be aware of your uh, be aware of your willpower and your decision battery. Mm. Uh, and at the end of the day, what are you feeling? Right. So I think in the next couple of days, uh, listeners, just don't change anything. Just monitor. Just just be aware of it. And then at the end of the day, go. Am I am I full or do I feel empty? Um, doesn't mean if you're exhausted or not. Like you can be exhausted and full, but are you full or empty? And then um, change some of your micro decisions. Um, Type of thing, so that would that would be mine. Mm. I think uh, for me, it's and I've been thinking about this a little bit. Mm. Um, understanding just how much you don't matter in the bigness of time, mm. how little you actually truly matter in the bigness of time, but how much you actually matter today. The decisions you make today, the conversations you have today, how you turn up today how much that actually matters today mm. for yourself and for the people around you and how little you matter in the bigness of time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's very few people that are remembered beyond 100 years. Mm-hmm. Just We just move on. Mm. And I hate to say it, mate, but you probably won't be merit- remembered in 100 years from now. No, nah, definitely not. Your kids, kids, kids. Won't know who great great grandfather Janesh was. Yeah, you you just you won't be remembered, mm. but you are remembered today mm. and how you turn up today. So um, think about how you're turning up today. If you're listening to this first thing in the morning, and how, who do you need to be, and how do you need to turn up today to make a difference? Mm. But but don't think you're that important or that special. True, you know? true. Uh, chill. Yeah, be yourself. Yeah. You know. Be authentic, be genuine, because in the long run, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right. Always right. a pleasure. Yeah, fantastic, buddy. Good to catch up. Have an amazing rest of the week. Yeah, we'll do. Till next time, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out. And if you want to say hello, tell us a joke or ask us a question, send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com. Thanks again.